Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Sports Facts. Um, so basically, this is my first episode on this podcast. We're going to talk about things. I'm going to hit any major sports news, but essentially what I'm going to focus on is more basketball, football related, more NBA, NFL type of stuff. Sometimes like around drafts and stuff, of course, where NFL draft is coming up, for example, I'll talk about it, where I think, you know, what team should do what, who should go where, things like that. But um, some things we're going to talk about this episode just to give you guys a quick start, is um, the Lakers and their playoff picture, Boston's heroic push, uh, Kyrie's return to being a full-time player. Then we're going to switch up to some football things, who's still free agent, Pittsburgh quarterback situation, and, I mean, what's up with the Chiefs after this crazy Tyree kill trade. But once again, first episode, thanks for tuning in, and let's just jump right into it. <clears throat> so, first topic. Lakers and their place in the playoffs. What am I talking about? Uh, as we know, the other night, Lakers fell into the 11th seed, and that puts them out of the play-in game. So now, you know, since last year, playoff pictures, top six seeds guaranteed, seven and eight play, nine and ten play, and we get two people out of that to be the seventh and eighth seed. Well, Lakers, let me just say this. At the beginning of this year, I would have put the Lakers as a top team in the East. I'm not, or in the West, my bad, in the West. But um, as we see, 11th seed and playoffs are nearing. The end of the season is nearing. nearing. So what are they going to do about it? I, I mean, personally, it, here's my things, my issues with the Lakers and their roster. Um, their roster completely underperforms. When I say that, they're not a really deep team by any means. I mean, we got LeBron, AD, Russell Westbrook. They're supposed to be three bona fide stars. LeBron is year 18 playing like he's still 20 years old. It's insanity. My problems come with the other two stars on this team. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is such a good proven player. I mean, we see his talent on display over the past couple years. Over the past several years, his whole career, he's been that guy. We've seen Russ dominate with OKC for some time. But they never went on a deep playoff run when it was just Russell Westbrook. When they lost James Harden and then Kevin Durant left, they never went deep, you know. And we've seen him go to Houston. Him and Harden, I mean, Harden was balling in Houston. He's dropping averaging 36 points per game. Then you get Russell Westbrook, and you're like, oh, this team is going to be something. This is something. And I swear, Russell Westbrook comes, and where's the effect? He would get the numbers, but where's the wins? Where's the actual? Like, my thing with the NBA is Russell Westbrook averages a triple-double, and that's an amazing feat. I'm not taking that away from him. That's a crazy feat to do that. But it's such empty stats. It's such empty numbers. We've seen him this season put up triple doubles. But where's the wins? Where's the leadership? When it comes to it, he should be the guy they're going to. And you can't trust him to do it. He can't do it. I mean, yeah, the other night against Toronto, airballs a three. Strips the ball, sends him to overtime with a three. 
So, I mean, that was a clutch shot, sure. And, I, I mean, look up the stats. I know people can be like, oh, stats say he's the clutchest player for this time period and stuff like that. And, sure, I mean, those stats exist. But where is it consistently? We don't see it consistently. In the bubble, <laughs> Lakers versus Houston. My, my favorite thing is the clip of where Russell Westbrook's on the three-point line and LeBron is standing 10 foot back just leaving him completely open. And for some reason, the Lakers thought he was going to cure their problems. Before the season started, before the crazy free agent signings, we got Dwight Howard back. Dwight Howard, I mean, he is what he is. He's a decent bench center. Carmelo, um, Carmelo's kind of underperformed, in my opinion, this year. His defense is lacking offensively. He's taken a step back. Um... Rondo, we traded him early. I thought we should have kept him, but I'm, I wasn't mad with that trade. Um, I mean, Anthony Day. I mean, let me finish with Westbrook for a minute. Westbrook, like I said, he's just... What they needed is shooters around LeBron James. Because you have LeBron, you have Anthony Davis. You didn't really have anyone to spread the floor. Yeah, LeBron and Anthony Davis can both shoot, but we didn't have any, like... This guy's here to shoot. This guy's going to spread the wing. This guy's out here getting threes. You know, Contavious came to it in the past year. Contavious, you know, got consistent with his shoot. Kuzma, I really liked Kuzma and how he was developing. And Harrell's a decent center. And yet we packaged Kuzma and KCP and Harrell for Westbrook for these empty stats. Like I said, the other night we got a clutch shot out of him, but all season, it, he hasn't been there half the season, it feels like. Yes, he's played the games. Yes, he's put up stats, but where's the actual, where is Westbrook when it matters, you know? We've seen the Lakers give up horrendous leads this year, and Westbrook's supposed to be one of those guys. He's supposed to be a top talent. Like I said, Westbrook's going to go down in history as a great basketball player. But he wasn't what the Lakers needed. Then uh, my other issue with the Lakers, that other big name, Anthony Davis. When they traded for Anthony Davis, I had mixed emotions. I was like, you're giving up a really young core who I think are all going to come into something. And we've seen Lonzo. Lonzo's being a baller. Brandon Ingram plays pretty good. Josh Hart. I mean, Josh Hart. He, I mean, you can't take away the fact that Josh Hart's a decent rotation player. And we give up that for Anthony Davis. And once again, Anthony Davis is a bad man. We go win a bubble championship. But since then, Anthony Davis, it's just injury after injury. He's a liability because of these injuries. When he's playing, he's really good. But how much has he played this season? I don't have the actual number. But, you know, just think think to yourself. How many games has Anthony Davis missed this season? It's kind of horrendous, to really be honest with you. It's always that ankle every time. If Anthony Davis could stay healthy... And Westbrook's playing pretty good. They're not an 11th seed team. They're not. Like I said, Carmelo, I mean, you, yeah, Carmelo's a big name. And he had a good year last year with Portland, came back. But we didn't expect Carmelo to be that guy. We didn't expect him to be a top leader of this team. Let's be honest with ourselves. 
Malik Monk this year is playing like an absolute baller. Austin Reeves, their rookie, is playing really good. Talonhorn Tucker, honestly, you keep Talonhorn Tucker over Kuzma, once again, you've got to be a good, talented player to make it in this league, and I understand that. But I'm keeping Kuzma over Talonhorn Tucker all day. Kuzma was really coming into something. He was shooting. He was getting better at defense. I mean, Kuzma can pass. I'm not saying he's a point guard by no means, but, you know, he can pass a ball. I really thought Kuzma, first off, I thought Kuzma should have been sent in the Anthony Davis trade instead of a Brandon Ingram. But Kuzma started balling. Kuzma was coming too, and you keep Talonhorn Tucker instead. And what's Talonhorn Tucker done? Once again, I'm not saying he is to fault for all their issues. But what has he done? Right now, limited games left to be played. Anthony Davis is going to come back soon. Or that's what they say. I think the Lakers, I mean, they hold an 11th seed, and the thing is the teams behind them are just games behind. They're not... 20, 30 games behind. I think the Lakers will sneak into a play-in spot, which is really a disappointment for them. And you're going to have to see the Suns or you're going to have to see the Grizzlies first round. And when it comes to the big moments, the Grizzlies haven't proven themselves in the playoffs, but, I mean, the Grizzlies are hot this year. The Suns, I mean, they proved themselves well enough last year. But, I mean, the playoffs, it's anyone's game. It's a 0-0 record. And I think either matchup, Lakers against the Suns or Lakers against the Grizzlies, it'll be interesting to see. Russell Westbrook has got to step up, and he's got to play consistently. Russell Westbrook's got to play good defense. He's got to hit his shots. Anthony Davis can't keep tweaking this ankle. And I'm not saying these injuries are his fault. But he's got to stay healthy. Some they got to do something. I don't know what the problem is, but they got to figure it out. Moving on to the next topic, um, Boston, January twenty eighth, I believe was the date. Boston sat at the eleventh seed, and then they went twenty four and four. This isn't including their games in the past day or two, but twenty four and four run. Robert Williams, and when you think of basketball. Unless you're a Boston fan, of course. You don't think Robert Williams' name too much. Robert Williams is the only defender when playing as the closest defender to hold shooters to sub-40% shooting. That's a crazy stat. Marcus Smart is now sitting first place in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I don't even have to explain that. Bonafide stars. Scorers, they'll get the rebounds, they'll throw the ball to the right guy. They're putting it where it needs to be. I mean, all I got to say is, if it came down to the line, game on the line, you need a shot, I feel comfortable within Jason Tatum's hands or Jalen Brown's hands. And there's a lot of good people in this league, but I will say I would feel comfortable putting in either of their hands. And the thing is with Boston, they're not a deep team at all. You got the big guys. You got Jalen. You got Jason. You got the names like Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's really good. Robert Williams, like I said, sub thirty or sub forty percent, only guy in the league to do that. And besides that, they don't go real deep. I mean, you got Daniel Tyus, who's okay. You got 
a bunch of young guys like Naismith and Pritchard, and you got Grant Williams, who's pretty good. But now Robert Williams, that good defender, one of the best defenders in the league this year, injured, isn't coming back till playoffs, isn't coming back till the earliest, the semifinal round of the playoffs. Daniel Tice is going to replace him, and Daniel Tice is going to hold his own at a center position. But he's not going to have that sub-40%. I, If you asked me a few months ago, I would say Robert Williams wasn't that guy, and he proved me wrong, you know, holding him to such a low percentage. But if you ask me today or you ask me tomorrow or the next day, I will say Daniel Tice is not the defensive anchor. I don't think he can be a defensive anchor. So we're going to have to see a ramp up in production on offense from Tatum and um, Jalen Brown. But, I mean, like I said, Marcus Smart's playing good defense. They're a good team. They proved that. 24-4, and they're really hot right now. Now, after the past few days, they sit at the fourth seed, if I'm not mistaken. And, I mean, like I said, if you make the playoffs, you make the playoffs, and no one can take that from you. No matter your seeds, you're there. But Boston is a team to be wary of, for sure, for sure. I mean, yeah, if you make playoff brackets and you're looking at, oh, Boston against, I mean, let's say, for example, the Sixers in a seven-game series. Sixers are going to be favored. Boston against the Nets in a seven-game series. Nets are going to be favored against the Heat. Ah, A tricky one, but I honestly think the Heat would be favored, and that's because they run a little bit deeper. They don't you, – now you got Robert Williams' injury to deal with as well. you got to take that into consideration. But I honestly would say Boston's going to make these series interesting, and I'm not going to say Boston doesn't have a chance to take one of these teams, to take one of these top teams in a seven-game series. And you might think that's crazy. Oh, how are they going to match up against the Sixers with Joel and Tobias Harris and James Harden and Tyrese Maxey and all these other good players? It's anybody's game. Any given night, someone's going to go out and score 50. We've seen that this season. We've seen Sadiq Bay of all people. And once again, not to take anything away from any professional athlete. They've proven themselves by making it where they are. But we've seen Sadiq Bay drop 50. 50 points. We've seen how many players this year put up a 50-point game. And any night, and I say this with my full chest, any night, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown can walk onto that court and give you 50. They're not going to do it every night, but any given night is a chance. It's a possibility. And in the playoffs, I would be scared to see that duo. I'm not saying they're one of the top duos in the league, but I would be scared to see that duo in a playoff game because both of them get hot, you're going to have trouble defending I mean, you defend one, it gets passed to the other. Oh, what's that? Marcus Smart's a decent shooter. You can't... I mean, he's not known for shooting, but he's a decent shooter. Oh, they're all three getting clamped up. What are you going to do? Daniel Tyus is also... I'm not saying Daniel Tyus has a wet jumper or nothing, right? But Daniel Tyus can hit a three-pointer. He can. It's scary out here in the league nowadays. Anybody, really anybody can hit a shot. So, I mean, what, you double-team someone, someone's open. What do you do about that? And zones and stuff, I know. But Boston, I think, is going to keep around the fourth, 
third seed. They might sneak back up to the first. It's a possibility. I think they'll stay around the third or the fourth. They'll go into the playoffs. And without Robert Williams, they're going to have a tricky time. But once again, I'm not going to bet against them. They have a good shot at anybody in the Eastern Conference. Moving on, another Eastern Conference team actually is next up for discussion is the Bulls. Bulls offseason. Sign and trade for DeMar DeRozan. Sign and trade for Lonzo Ball. They get Alex Cruz. So, I, I mean, the Bulls going into this season were looking like that team. They were making a drastic turnaround from the past few years, not really doing anything. I don't even think they've made the playoffs in the past few years, actually. So, I mean, it was exciting. And when we seen this team play together, the Alonzo, Caruso, DeMar, you got Vucevic out there. It's a scary team. It really is. And they held a top seed for quite a bit. But the statistic I seen the other day, the Bulls are 0-16 against top teams from each conference. Now listen, listen. It's not 0-1, it's not 0-2, it's not 0-5. It's 0-16 against top teams. I'm talking the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Nets, the Sixers. You can't go 0-16. Like, I know it's the regular season, and I've even said in the playoffs anything can happen. But this is a pretty dang good indicator of what's going to happen in the playoffs. Like I said, the Bulls are a good team. DeMar's dropped 50 on us a few times this year. We've seen DeMar hit game winners on back-to-back nights. One night, the next night, game winners. But I'm not sold on the Bulls. At the beginning of the season, everyone's like, oh my god, the Bulls can really be that team this year. I I wasn't sold on it. And, I mean, seeing these numbers, are you guys sold on them? They fall into bad slumps consistently. It feels like they'll get hot, and then they'll fall into a slump. They don't lose a game. They don't lose two games. They lose a few And then, yeah, they can get hot again. They can go on their run again. But then, next thing you know, they're losing again. And it's any given night a team can come out and do something. But I feel like when the Bulls get cold, they get cold. And, yeah, they've had a few injuries to put up with this year. But that's a part of the game. And, I mean, even when Lonzo missed a few games, the Bulls still should have been competing against these top teams, not own 16 uh, Zach Levine, if I'm not mistaken, has missed a few this season. Even without Zach Levine, that roster should be competing with these teams, not 0-16. Caruso is having a very great defensive impact this year. I mean, stats will tell you that. Not blocks and steals per se, but efficiency ratings and defensive player efficiency ratings will tell you Caruso is a dang good defender. But even with him injured, you should still be competing with these top teams. When you have Lonzo and Zach Levine and Caruso and you got DeMar and you got Vucevic, you got some good young guys. Kobe White showed a lot of promise last year. Haven't seen a whole lot out of him, but he's still playing decent. Their bench is decent. We've seen some of their young guys do some amazing things this year. In light of all these stars, with all these stars on the floor. 
but I'm not sold on the Bulls. <laughs> They're going to make the playoffs, not the play-in. I think the Bulls will hold fifth or sixth seed, and they'll make the playoffs, but I think they're first-round exits. Once again, they go out there, they win, congratulations. They make it to the second round, but I don't see it. I just don't see a playoff series where the Bulls win. Because as the fifth or sixth seed, you're talking, you're going to see the Nets, or you're going to see the Sixers, or you're going to see the Heat, or you're going to see the Celtics. And I'm taking any of those teams over the Bulls. The Bulls are a dang good team, but... I just don't see anything, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't see anything happening for them in the playoffs. Next is the Suns. Uh, in the bubble, Suns go, was it 8-0? They played eight games to see seedings real quick, but they fell short of the playoffs still. But, and since that bubble in 2020, we have seen something extraordinary out of the Suns. They didn't go get all these good free agents. They got Chris Paul since then. We didn't see all these good free agent signings. We've seen development from within. It, Cam Johnson, he's a great rotation player. Jay Crowder's playing like a good rotation player. We're seeing people, Mikel Bridges has really stepped into being that defensive guy. He can shoot from the wing. He can go in the paint. Devin Booker, I don't even have to explain that one. Devin Booker, honestly, the league is so deep in talent, and that's why you don't see Booker's name in an MVP race, but Booker could definitely be, if someone told me today Booker won MVP, I'm not upset about it, and it's a justified MVP Booker leads this team, and Chris Paul, since he's came to this team as well, they lead this team against these bigger teams. I mean, Milwaukee won in six, but the Suns still had an impressive series against them in the finals last year. Yeah, I mean, it was a six-game series. Bucks won four to two, and I was rooting for the Bucks personally, but still, the Suns... The Suns held doubt in me. If the Suns would have won, if the Suns would have won that series, I wouldn't I wouldn't have discredited them in any sort of way. Chris Paul is that guy. He's 36, 37 years old and point god. That's his nickname and it's his nickname for a reason. He can go out and give you 10, 15, some nights 20 assists, and zero turnovers on some of these games? Are you kidding me? Zero turnovers? Ridiculous. Who else is doing that? No one else in this league is doing that. Devin Booker, my favorite is, um, it was last year's playoffs when they matched up, or it wasn't the playoffs, it was towards the end of the regular season though, and the Suns are playing the Clippers. Devin Booker goes up and hits a three-pointer to ice the game over top of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, gets fouled while doing it, hits the shot. Just a bona fide, he is that dude. Devin Booker is that dude. DeAndre Ayton, 
a great center. When they drafted him that year, that high, yes, he was a good prospect. I am not taking that from him. Was he drafted first overall? I'm pretty sure he was drafted first overall. But I had my doubts. I did. But they needed a big man. They took a bet on a big man, and he is playing big for this team. I mean, like I said, the Suns, such, honestly, people, you guys may disagree with me, but I think they're kind of an unconventional team. They're not these teams that go really deep, like the Clippers are really deep. The Nets, some of their names on their roster, I would consider them kind of deep, you know, but... They're not really deep as far as big names, big talents, big guys. But it's just this mentality of step up, next guy up. We seen Cameron Johnson just the other night. It was about a week ago now. Hit a game winner. A three. There's like two seconds left on the clock. Inbound pass. Cameron Johnson goes up for the shot. Nails it. Jay Crowder's anchoring the defense with Aiden. Chris Paul and Booker's leading this offense. Mikel Bridges is such a good switch defender. He's one of the top switch defenders. And the thing is, he plays this good defense, and he backs it up with good offense. They play seven or eight men deep. And the thing is, you still got guys like Landry Shaman on the bench who can go up and get you a score when you need one. I think... The Suns, a lot of people, and I was one of these people, when they matched up with the Lakers, Anthony Davis is injured, LeBron's still playing half injured, and I kind of discredited the Suns. I was like, oh, they're not winning if this Lakers team is healthy. I did the same thing when they played the Clippers. Paul George took him to six without Kawhi, and I thought that was pretty impressive of Paul George. We used to call him Playoff P, but since then, dude's really stepped up in big moments like that. Takes him to six, and I was like, if Kawhi Leonard's healthy, they're not winning that. And I did that all the way through the playoffs until they got there to the conference finals. And that's when I said, oh, no. These Suns are a legitimate team. The Suns, I mean, like I said, I shouldn't have doubted them that long because they proved themselves. But it was that moment when I seen the Suns make it that far. And they were just playing dominant basketball. They were playing the way they wanted to, you know. Devin Booker's going to get his shots. Chris Paul's getting 20 assists every night. Not every night, literally. But you know what I'm saying. And when they're doing this, and I see they're going to be matched up against Milwaukee. I was like, oh my God. The Suns might just have a chance. The Suns might do this. And I know a lot of people took the Suns as their team. But I still, I it's, it's hard to bet against Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. But I mean, we've seen him beat the Lakers in six. We seen him sweep Denver, and I even discredited that. I was like, if Jamal Murray's here, and I do truly believe if Jamal Murray was healthy, it's not a sweep, and they might not win that series. I'll still say that, and I'll still say if 
in the conference finals. If Kawhi Leonard is healthy, I'm not so sure they make the they I'm not saying they don't have a shot cuz the Suns are a good team. But I'm not going to sit here and say I'm so sure they make the finals either way. But then watching them and the trouble they get Milwaukee every night. And Milwaukee came out on top. But barely. I think game six was the only game I watched. And I was like. Milwaukee was down. Going into the fourth quarter. And I think that was the only game I watched. When Milwaukee went on that run. I was like. They're closing it tonight. Other than that. That whole series. Close games. Close games every night. And like I said, they were down. The Suns had the lead. And Milwaukee, they went on that run. I knew it was over. But, and now that teams are back to healthy again, Paul George returned. Kawhi Leonard, there's a, I've seen there's possibilities for his return soon. And if all these teams are healthy, we have Anthony Davis coming back for the Lakers. John Morant's going to be back soon. Suns are going to have a time. But Suns are definitely capable of being that team again this year who makes it to the finals. I think more so than these other top seeds like the Grizzlies or, you know, I think the Suns even have a better chance of making it somewhere than some of these top Eastern teams. East runs deep this year, man. But, um, yeah, like I said, I wasn't sold on the Suns until halfway through last year's playoffs. And now I truly think the Suns could be that team again. The Suns could find themselves in the running for another championship. Mavs are the third. We got Suns are the first seed, Grizzlies second, Mavs third, Warriors fourth, Nuggets fifth, Jazz sixth. And out of those teams, I mean, Suns have already clinched the conference. They're staying in their first seed. We got the Grizzlies have clinched their division, and they're gonna. Pro- I think the Grizzlies are gonna stay second seed. Now these other seedings, the Mavs, the Warriors, the Nuggets, we're gonna see some changes there. But Mavericks have also punched their playoff ticket. And when it comes to it, out of all these top seeds to do something, I like the Suns. Warriors. Curry's a bad man. Clay Thompson's a bad man. The Warriors are a hot team, but we've and they I, they do have a forty eight twenty nine record. They do, but we've seen them fall in some. We've seen Curry's shot take some tremendous falls, and where their stretches. I mean, who's Steph Curry? That's a lot of disrespect to put it on his name. Don't get me wrong, but we've seen it happen. We've seen those stretches where we're like. Is this the same guy shooting tonight as it was last night? I like the Sun. Out of the West, Clippers, Timberwolves, Pelicans, Lakers holding them play-in spots. But I like the Suns out of the West. Grizzlies are young, and Grizzlies can go do something, but I think that lack of playoff experience is what's going to hold them back. The Mavericks, the Mavericks are a nasty team, but Mavericks have fallen short the past few years. Every year, everyone's like, that's the team, that's the team. And 
Paul George and the Clippers, like I said, they run pretty deep. But it's not big talents. It's like Reggie Jackson's and Luke Kennard's. Paul George swept, not swept, but walked past Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. They got rid of Porzingis. They got him Spencer Dinwiddie, and he's a he's balling right now for them. But Paul George, and Paul George is really good, but him and Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris tell the Mavericks bye-bye the year before Mavericks got beat. So I'm not sold on them. I mean, once again, who knows? It's anybody's game, but I like the Suns for the West. The Lakers can get their crap together. Hopefully the Lakers, I would rather see for the Lakers to have a good matchup as to, you know, one that I think they're going to win. The Lakers need to get in this 7th and 8th seed conversation. Get them the 7th seed and play these Grizzlies. And I say that the Grizzlies could beat them in a seven-game series. Don't get me wrong, but the Lakers have a better shot against the Grizzlies and John Morant than they do against Devin Booker, CP3, and the Suns. On to the next topic. Kyrie's return to full-time. We've seen the New York City change their private sector mandates for the vaccine, and Kyrie returned to a full-time player on Thursday. Kyrie's halftime playing, you know, being there for away games. We've seen Kyrie drop 50. We've seen him drop 30. We've seen him drop 40. Consistently, I don't think he's had a bad game this season. In the, you know, half of the games played, he's played in. I don't think we've seen him have a bad game one. And the Nets right now, the Nets are kind of struggling in the standings. But it's because they've been without their dude Kyrie all season. The Nets are the A seed. So if they stay at the A seed, and if teams stay where they are now, Nets are playing the Cavs to get the seventh seed. And the Cavs are a good team. Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Kevin Love plays good a lot of the time. They're a good team. But they're young. And it doesn't matter how good of a team it is when you got Kyrie Irving and you got Kevin Durant playing against you. Ooh, you're in for trouble. Patty Mills playing for him. We got, ooh, man. Let me find this cat's name real quick. The Nets even got young guys stepping up. When KD was injured and Kyrie was out, the Nets were having their young guys step up, man. Patty Mills was dropping 30. Not to mention the Ben Simmons trade. Holy crap, I completely forgot that for a minute. The kid I was talking about is Cameron Thomas. We got Goran Drogic. He was waived, we signed him. Joe Harris, LaMarcus Aldridge. I heard some news that he might be... He retired, you know, because of his heart problems. But he's talked to medical staff, he's talked to doctors, and he's thinking about coming back and playing. Now think about it. You got Kyrie and Kevin Durant. You got Seth Curry. Seth Curry's a bona fide shooter. He's not his brother by no means. But when you think of top shooters in this league, if Seth Curry don't come to your mind, you're crazy. Ben Simmons. I will tell you this. Ben Simmons, 
disappointed the Sixers in the playoffs last year. You know, scared to shoot the ball some and stuff. But with Kevin Durant and Kyrie, Ben Simmons ain't got to worry about shooting. That's that's my thing. Ben Simmons on the Sixers could have worked. Disagree, or agree to disagree if you don't see my opinion, but it could have worked. You had Joel and Tobias, big men, big defensive players, and they both can shoot pretty good. You had Seth Curry. Seth Curry's a shooter. You had Danny Green. Danny Green's a pretty decent shooter. You had Tyrese Maxey and stuff. Why's Ben Simmons got to worry about shooting? Let Ben do what Ben does. Let him. Play. Ben is an excellent defender. He's one of the top defenders in this league. Whether he's playing you out on the three-point line or he's playing you in deep. A 6'10 point guard. And yes, he played power forward and point guard. He's a point forward. He's 6'10. He's got the defense. He's taking you out on the wing or he's playing you in deep. He's amazing at finishing. Bringing it to the rack and finishing. Whether he's dunking or laying it up. Passing. I call him a point forward because his passing is impeccable. Ben Simmons. Dare this be disrespectful. Is one of the best Passers has one of the best passing visions in this league. Of course, we've not seen it this year because he's not played. But when he comes back and he doesn't have to worry about shooting because we got my starting five I would love to see. Play Seth Curry and Kyrie at the guards. Put KD small forward. And yes, KD's a plays power forward and he's big enough too. Put him small forward. Put Ben Simmons' power forward. Put Andre Drummond center. And here's my thinking. Seth Curry, Kyrie, Kevin Durant. Yes, that's only three guys on the floor who can shoot. How much more do you need? Kyrie, Kevin Durant can create their own shots. They don't need looks and they don't need passes to get it. They can put it up themselves. They got the on-ball and off-ball movement both. Seth Curry... Can shoot like no other in this league. Consistently one of the highest three-point shooters over the past several seasons. Ben Simmons and Andre Drummond can't really shoot. But what does it matter? When you've got Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Seth Curry on the floor. What does it matter? Now to play off their bench. I would love to see Drogic. Give this boy Cameron Thomas some minutes. He's a baller. Patty Mills is, of course, going to take minutes. Shooter. Cameron Thomas, shooter. Drogic can shoot the ball. Nick Claxton's a pretty decent forward for how young he is. He can play the center, even. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin's still playing like a pretty good player. He's not what he once was, but he still deserves his spot, his minutes, his contract. And then you still got LaMarcus Aldridge, Joe Harris. Nets. Man, now that Kyrie's back full time, Nets are going to be scary. And I say that wholeheartedly. Because even if it's just Kyrie, Kevin Durant's injured. You have Kyrie Irving with Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and Andre Drummond in their bench. I like this team's odds. 
or if Kyrie's injured and you got KD, I like this team's odds. If one of these guys are injured, it's okay because the slack can be picked up. Kyrie's injured. Okay. Put Goran Dragic or Patty Mills in. They can both shoot. They both have a decent ability to create their own shot. But the thing is, too, even if they have multiple shooters, if you got Kyrie and Katie or Kyrie and Seth or Katie and Seth, they're both out one night. Okay. Run looks for your big man. Andre Drummond, pick and roll action. Ben Simmons, pick and roll action. Let Ben Simmons create his own and go in the paint and dunk. Let him go in and get some layups. Marcus Aldridge, if he plays, Marcus Aldridge is a pretty decent shooter. Blake Griffin, pick and roll action. It's not that hard. And, of course, you're like, well, if it was that easy, then every team would do that. But not every team has guys like Ben Simmons and Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin's and Marcus Aldridge's. Not every team has that luxury. All right. But um, once again, to cap off what I was saying about Kyrie's return, Kyrie has one of the deepest, not one, I think Kyrie has the deepest bag in history. His handles, his shooting, his finishing, he plays good defense. It's, It's insanity. I don't think we've seen handles like this in history. I not AI was really good, and there's some other guys I can mention, but Kyrie, hands down, has my spot as the number one handles in history. And I think a lot of people would agree with me on that. But um, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to switch over to some football talk. <laughs> 